So we have a special episode today. Um, our first guest on the podcast, my good friend, Carson Gates. Carson, how are you? I'm good. It's it's actually an honor to be here. I Well, yeah, it's a big deal. We were talking about like our view counts is going to be for this episode to me through the or view listens, excuse me. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for, uh, for Spotify. I might break every single uh, record they have. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Uh, I'm also, we're also joined by, you know, Grant and Andy. Andy was on hiatus last episode. Oh yeah, I was out to lunch. Were you were you literally at lunch or like? <laughs> no, no, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was on. I was. I was at uh, pick up hockey with my dad, and I was just out to lunch out there. I was unreal defenseman though. I haven't played D in years. You were um, the John. You were the Jonathan Erickson of the uh, Sioux Ontario Men's League. Yeah, it's it his drop in. Yeah, I was, I was definitely wetter out there. I was not playing anything. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the Buffalo equivalent to Jonathan Erickson. Rasmus Dahlin. <laughs> Rasmus Dahlin on a one on one, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get into that. So, Carson Gates is a Buffalo Sabres fan, and we, we thought with the Eichel news and the Red Wings playing the Sabres on last night that we'd uh, have some fun and do kind of a Red Wing Sabres collab episode. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, I do. We do have another Red Wings game to talk about. Um, I was in attendance in Boston and holy shit. So do we want to like get into the game first? Or like, should I talk my experience? Uh, talk about your experience first. Yeah. I'm surprised you made it out alive. <laughs> uh, so actually, so yeah, the head game started with the, the Bruins fans just right from the train station. So we took the train in from where we live. So it's about like, it'd be like a 45 minute drive from for, to TD garden. But like we took the training. Cause we thought, you know, we'd beat traffic and whatnot. Boy, were we wrong. So um, <laughs> this kid, this kid comes up to me. He's wearing a Bergeron Jersey, like at the train station. I thought like, I wasn't sure if we were going to see any other fans. I thought like, we'd just like ride in. Like I figured obviously like once we get closer, we'd pick up fans on the train, but um. He comes up and he's like, yeah, the Red Wings fucking suck, dude. And I'm like, okay. He's like, Tatar doesn't even play for him anymore. Because I, I have a Thomas Tatar jersey. I, that's oh, what yeah. I was wearing. And I'm like, well, yeah. But it's really funny. Um, but the train gets delayed 30 minutes because they didn't switch the lines to go to TD Garden. Because the train station goes right into the garden. North Station's right, right under TD Garden. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I was late. I didn't I didn't get in my seat until like 12 minutes left in the first which coincidentally was like some of the most action for the Red Wings that game <laughs> was the first yeah. like three minutes yeah the first um, 10 minutes were exciting <laughs> but yeah it was insane um my seats were sick I think I Carson you saw my seats too yes yeah, it, it was pretty nice I got to see I got to see your boy Thomas Christ live I, I'm pretty jealous of you not many people can say that how many people can say that? And then Fugel like accessing next to an Islanders fan, and he was like, he I, don't, he I guess he lives around there, and he was like, he's like, yeah, I'm chilling. Like the Islanders are up five nothing right now. <laughs> he's just enjoying the, the Bruins kick the shit out of the Red Wings. Oh, it was so much fun. Um, I spent like sixty five dollars on pizza and beer. That's yeah. all in That's all. Always, yeah. <laughs> Oh no! We, like, we can go into the, the breakdown of the game now, like quick. Um, Grant, what do you think of like the game as a whole? Man, like you said, 
the first 10 minutes of that game were really exciting. And I was, I was pretty happy because we were starting off without Larkin again. And Fabry was off to a hot start. He ripped off the C-bar right away. And then Zadina walked McAvoy, which doesn't happen a whole lot. No. And then when you showed up, it kind of hit the shitter. Not going to lie. No, basically when I sat in my seat, like the Red Wings had like a decent couple shifts and then like Bergeron scores on the power play. Yeah, which what was the first penalty the Nemestikov won? Which was dumb. I think the Nemestikov penalty was earned. I would say so. But he literally also... he lost his he lost his helmet, and that's the rule. Like you can't keep playing yeah. with your helmet on. And he attacks it's someone on the Bruins. Such bench. a dumb rule, though. I would say he kind of just pushed someone. Like if someone wants to get hurt by not wearing a helmet, fucking go for it. I mean, yeah, I guess. So you want to think on that, but I mean, it is a rule. Like you know the rule. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess. Penalty. I don't know. I just yeah. didn't love that one because I mean, there was a crowd in front of the bench. Sure, he could have went around, but it takes an extra second instead of just pushing <laughs> through people. An extra second. Blasho was not happy. No, yeah, he wasn't. He was pissed. His face was beat red. Yeah. And then, like, I love, like, how they, like, hammed up, like, before the game. It was, like, how the Bruins' power play has been struggling. Yeah, I mean, when you have they, struggling. Bergeron, Pasta, <laughs> Marshan, McAvoy. I think, they went three for, I, think they, I think they went three for five in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a good night yesterday, too, against Toronto. They did, yeah. They clicked. Yeah, they clicked right away. I know that. I didn't yeah. know. Was it just one power play goal for them? It, it might have been two. I don't think they had many power plays, so I could be wrong. I, I know that most of the goals in the game, like I think Matthews, had his first two goals are both power play goals. Yeah, and then yeah, I think I think the Bruins had one or I think they may have had two. Well, I know the Taylor Hall one. Was Taylor Hall power, one was yeah. power play. I'm not yeah. sure about that. But honestly, like the Bruins, like near the end of a power play, like the Bruins did. Yeah, yeah. But legitimately, close. like the the Bruins could have scored like three or four times against the Red Wings on the power play. Like, Marchand missed, like, two empty nets. Pasta fanned on one. It was insane. Like, like the Red Wings power penalty kill is an absolute joke right now. I've... I At the end of the year last year, I was loving our penalty kill. Right now, I hate it. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who runs it. Everything's so sloppy. It's usually Huda, I think, and Huda did a really good job at the end of the year. But I guess you have new guys coming in and taking those roles. Like, Right, Cider hasn't looked great on the penalty kill. He's been fine, yeah. He hasn't looked great. Like no, he he's young though, and he's still adapting to that role. That's a tough right. role to just jump in and be playing against Marchand and Pasternak and Bergeron. Yeah, you can't just expect the world from those guys. <clears throat> I think like Mark Stahl does a good job. Like I, a lot of it has to do with our back end and bad coverage, and just being loose and right. not having a head on a swivel. Well, speaking of back end and bad coverage, Dan DeKaiser did not play this game. Which was good five on five, but honestly, he's not the worst on the penalty kill. He's just slow. Yeah. So, like, I literally wrote, like, I wrote an article, like, I put up 30 minutes before I got on the train. And it was about Dan DeKaiser, like, his analytics being, like, really bad. And, like, Mort Sider's numbers are absolutely plummeting because because he's carrying Dan DeKaiser. And, of course, he gets scratched, like, right before that. And then I feel kind of bad because <laughs> he gets scratched immediately after I posted it, as as if. Jeff Blaschel ever saw that, you know. I think he's an avid listener. I think so, I think so. too. A lot of our opinions go right to Jeff Blaschel's head, and he's like, I'm well, we had this. the one we had the one take immediately about Cider being in the same power play unit as Heronic at the beginning of the year. Yeah. That, like, I predicted, and that immediately became true. So I, maybe he does. I think he does. Uh, he texted me, like, last week. So. Oh, it's he? the suit connection. He loves yeah. the suit. <laughs> he does love the suit. That's right. He's a big suit guy. Oh, yeah. 
he was up here in, in town this week or this weekend this past summer was he he loved it too yeah he was at lake state for something i don't know did you guys this is totally off topic but did you know fedorov's brother coaches the sioux eagles yeah he does did you, did you know that andy he's, he's like a scout or like a what do you call it a uh uh player personnel type of person yeah i don't know chase told me he was he was yelling at him the other day or something like that it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah he helps out <laughs> well it's like uh like steve ott is with the elliot lake red wings in this in the noge they're the Two. red wings now i thought they're the elliot lake well, wildcats okay. they changed that uh change ownership last steve ott's year. with the elliot lake i'm pretty sure it's steve he's ott, with the yeah. blues yeah i thought steve ott was assistant coach oh, on the, the bench at the blues i saw him on the bench the other day Okay, there's uh, he's I'm pretty sure it's Steve Ott. He's something to do with the uh, with <laughs> okay, him. the busy well, guy, he's never <laughs> with them because he's always on the yeah. Elliot Lake Berube. yeah, Craig Berube also coaches. They, yeah. they switch, yeah, they fly <laughs> they out, they go back and forth. A couple, couple <laughs> PJs to Elliot Lake, so it's a huge town. Um, yeah, like this game kind of like, yeah, I thought like a positive out of it. I mean, obviously, Bergeron scores a hat trick just on the power play, which was tough. Yeah, that's a uh, four goal game for Bergeron and the Boston fans are going nuts. I was getting I was getting fucked you quite a bit for sitting there. It was pretty funny. I had some funny like pe- there's some funny people like I, it wasn't like anything aggressive or anything, but except this drunk dude in the train station after the game. That was that was interesting. That was a little confrontational. I thought I was gonna have to fight him. Love to see it. Yeah, yeah we love we love drunk Bostonians. It's pretty fun. Um, I thought Philip Peronic actually had a really good game. Comparative to like the rest of the team, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what you guys think. I've liked his game recently. Um, Since getting scratched, there was one time where, literally, how I've described him and what he needs to do better. He needs to be patient with the puck, and usually he'll take a slap shot from the blue line. And instead of doing that, he walked it in seven feet before taking a shot. Granted, he missed the net, but I like to see that confidence and being able to walk the puck and just sort of slapping it. Right. Um, also, yeah, we should. Been, so I got to see Lucas Raymond score live. Um, I'd hope they'd score on a five on three. <laughs> Philip yeah. Ronick made a nice seam pass across, and then Raymond gets the one timer um, on Swayman. But uh, that was that was pretty cool. I went nuts, and then immediately they score on the penalty kill right afterwards. Mike Riley scores. Did you think that should have been a challenge? Yes, I was yeah. freaking out that they okay, didn't challenge. Yeah. That's what I was like. I'm like, Jeff, what are you doing, buddy? What did you guys think of the Bertuzzi penalty on that break, like half breakaway? Um, Andy, you want to go first? You're on mute. You're muted. Yeah, sorry, yeah. boys. I was, I was looking up for whoever the fuck is with Elliot Lake. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Bertuzzi penalty on half breakaway. Yeah, like when Raymond got the half one? Yeah, the Boston game. I didn't, I didn't see that. I was driving um, around. I was listening to it on the radio, so I couldn't oh, see tough. it. So, yeah, Ken Cal, my boy, 12.30 a.m. Nice. I thought it was a horrible call. Um, that play happens all the time. Basically, press your stick on the other guy's stick to make it so he can't poke check and give your guy room. Bertuzzi did it a little hard, but McAvoy definitely not, should not have lost his stick there. It was a split second late where he dropped his stick and sold it, and they called a penalty. Yeah, I guess, like, watching it live, I thought it was more body contact than it was the stick work. So I was like, yeah, that's probably a penalty. But then I watched, like, the, the highlight pack the next day. I'm like, eh, it was kind of weak. But yeah. Very weak. I, 
I thought that one was a weak call, but then we also like so obviously they the, score off of that one. The cider call was awful. I've never seen a call that bad. That was bad. I literally that said, was, that, I said they that called was garbage. It, that was interference, they called it, right? After I think so, or either a hold. It was interference. I think he poked the puck off the guy's stick and then pushed him after he poked off his stick and they called it interference. Right. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, also, like, I mean, Jeff Lashley said after the game, so, like, the final was 5-1. Bergeron got another one at the end there. Um, ultimately, special teams was, like, the battle that was lost because our power play and penalty kill didn't show up and their power play showed up. Basically yeah. what it was. We definitely should have lost. And when you yeah. put up 15, and when you put up 15 shots, it's not good. Yeah, would, would we have nine shots going into the third or something like that? Like yeah, and great. like there was no urgency at all to like get anything going on the third. Yeah. Um it was almost like they like planned to like to play the road game as like a shell. And just like no like they were like because they didn't really give up that many good chances five on five, in my opinion. Like they had the one grizzly crossbar, I think, and that was like about it that I really remember off the top of my head. Right. Like, the, but like they kind of just played shell and they didn't like go on the off- offense. Where like I don't know, I feel like if you're playing a road game, you should be hard the first twenty, and then you can go in that shell and try to win a game like two, three, one. Right, especially if you get out to a, a leader, you're close right. within one or two. And the yeah. guys that we have been seeing urgency from all the time, I haven't seen urgency from in like the end of this road trip. Like guys like Ernie and Domestikov, I they've been a lot been more lax. They've been rough of late. Yeah, the bottom like I mean that's that's gonna carry over to the next game we're gonna talk about, but like definitely like bottom six has been pr- bad. Bottom six has been pretty pretty rough. Bad. I can't yeah. name one player. Maybe Carter Rowney. It's been our high spot, and he didn't even play last game. Mitch, Stevens. that's probably why he's our hot, high spot. Um, Mitch Stevens, yes, sort of. Yeah, but I'm not seeing the penalty kill Mitch Stevens. It's all over the place, blocking shots. Mm-hmm. So like I said. One yeah. thing I noticed with Stevens is like when he's out there on the penalty kill, he's using he's trying. I think he's like trying to think over. I don't know if he's like overthinking or not, but like he's using his speed too much, and he gets out of the lanes where it just gives the defenseman or the half he almost over he almost overskates the lane. Yeah. yeah, like he almost overskates it, trying to anticipate a a pass, a crossing pass that isn't there, or a shot that the guy just kind of holds off on and then lets right. it rip after he's out of the way. I have yeah. seen that too. Like it's, I mean, he has the urgency and stuff. It's just no when to be urgent like that. It's he needs to learn from de- Darren Helm. De- yeah, yeah. Small details that literally make a big difference, especially when you let in three power play goals. Yeah, it's never good. Yeah. So I guess going into yeah, so we got going into Saturday. We had Larkin still not available due to personal reasons. And I've been seeing a lot of like speculation online and I really don't like to see it. No, like, it's like people don't speculate when you don't know. Just let him yeah, be. It's like, yeah. Let his personal reasons be personal reasons. Like I've seen yeah. people like, it's like, I don't know. They're giving him like slack. Like you're the captain. Like, dude, whatever's got, whatever he's going on. Dude. I'm sure Dylan Larkin wants to be there. Yes. There's so, stuff I... that's more important than hockey. There yeah. is. Yeah. It's literally a game. So I hope I hope Dylan's doing well still. I I don't know if he's gonna play tonight. I doubt it. I doubt he plays tonight. But yeah. is he is he back with the team? No, it's he's, a home no. game. It's a home game. Oh, okay. we play we play Vegas at six. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't sure because like when he says like when they the re- news release that I saw was like 
he's stepping away from the team. So I didn't know if that was just for like the road trip or. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't give, there isn't been a timeline. That's general. why like, that's what leads all the speculation. I can't, I literally can't stand this shit because everyone's, I, I understand that he's the captain, but everyone's way too nosy about it. Like he said, yeah. it's, uh, it's been stated as personal reasons. Let him be. It's even like the whole Carey Price thing. Like Carey yeah. Price stepped away for a while and he's supposed supposedly coming back with the team soon. And, I think he is back now. And he's not going to speak with the public. Tomorrow. And every reporter is just going crazy about it. Like, just let him be. Like, if he's not going to speak to the public, just let him be. We already know Carey Price's reasons. Like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, like him and his family are already already released as yep. to where he was going and why. So that's different. Like, they can kind of, you know, take that information, and ask questions about it without crossing the line. In my well, opinion, right, because it was, Carey, it was public, it's public knowledge. Carey mm-hmm. and. Uh, Bergevin said like that he's not going to talk to the public for a while. Yeah, which good, right. good. Which, yeah, yes, good. good. Yeah. I don't, Carson. But, what's your opinion? If, if he were to though, yeah, I think it's good. I feel like a lot of times fans say it's good for the players to step away, and then once the player does step away, they just keep prying for information. And yes, it's. I don't know they say one thing and do another online. It's it's really hard to see. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. No, it's definitely like that. In every sport, um, like especially yeah, it's like. The big Good. thing this year with that tennis player, the female tennis player. Oh, uh, and, Naomi Osaka. Yes. And that was just, I feel like it kind of started everything for other, other sports to allow athletes to step away and hopefully it gets better in the future. But right. Right now. I know, it's still like, uh, yeah, good comes with the bad. Like mm-hmm. it's still kind of uh, taboo is not the right word, but like still like, like it's like a stigma around like players yeah. taking time off. And it's like, oh, you're not an everyday player. Mm-hmm. but you're taking time for yourself whatever but well i mean yeah, it's definitely going okay, back go to like bobby ryan he took right. a lot of time off and really changed his life right which which is awesome like i'm not saying that it's any bit similar like it doesn't matter yeah, we, don't, we, don't, yeah, we don't know yeah we don't, don't know. know and i think it's yeah. a big big part of it too is what kind of player it is if it's dylan larkin versus a fourth line guy there's not that much talk about it but if you're one of the top top players on your team or in the sport and your team's trying to win games and do well at the end of the season. It's definitely a bigger issue for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you look at the Carey Price situation where, like, there's an article every day. Yep. Literally every single day. Yeah. I mean, it's also, like, the beast that comes with playing for Montreal a little bit. Or, like, Detroit's... Yeah, Detroit's not as big of a market in that sense for, like, media-wise. No. Same with, like, if Buffalo were to have a situation like that. Yeah, I mean, like, a couple years ago when Ocoso stepped away... Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody really heard about that, really. Yeah. yeah. Like, like we, it was pretty tabloid. Yeah. yeah. So we had, uh, going into this game, we had first-line Pew Suter after a bunch of experimenting with Michael Rasmussen at first-line center and then um, Robbie Fabry at first-line center. So we're kind of hope- yeah, we hoping that this would work out. And uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to catch the beginning of this game. So it was uh, my anniversary uh, yesterday, so... By the way, I had the best pasta in my life. Wasn't close. It was it's better than David pasta. Yeah, it was better than David pasta. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What'd you get? I got fettuccine alfredo, and legitimately probably the best fettuccine alfredo. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I can't stop talking about it. I was literally <laughs> on the phone with a grand. I was on the phone with mom and dad. And I'm like, this is the best, this is the best pasta I ever had. I just had it right before we got back on. I had the leftovers. Should we start Tell new some podcast? details? What's that? Should we start a new podcast about? Fettuccine Alfredo. I'd love to. Yeah. Thank this one. 
this place Italian is, uh, dish tomorrow. This place called Ralphie's. It's really good. I'll be there. Yes. Yeah. So I wasn't sure how so I got home right in time, but um yeah. First ten minutes of this game, all Detroit. All Detroit. Pew Suter comes out. Um so it was Bertuzzi caused the turnover from I don't know, was it one of the defensemen? I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then it goes out in front. I think it was actually Colin Miller, to be honest with you. Oh, good Sue guy. Yeah, my boy. (laughs) (laughs) So turns it over. uh, Bertuzzi gets in front to Raymond. They're banging away at it. I thought there was going to be a whistle, and then Suter plants it in. Um, Initially, like, looking at it, I'm like, this is no way it's going to count. But then, like, you look at it from the other angle, and the puck is loose the entire time. So I don't know. What, what were, Carson, what were you thinking like as an as like a Sabres fan? I mean, I thought probably counted. I mean, it's it's just a tough situation for Buffalo, to, especially to start the game. And I mean, thankfully it, Buffalo was able to respond a little bit, but normally that kind of tanks the team letting in an early goal like that. And yeah. It was definitely yeah, it was definitely weird because like I really like it was loose for like a while, and I really thought like, oh, maybe they're gonna look at it. And, yeah. Especially like, with Tukarski, the yeah. way he plays is just. I don't know if you guys noticed it during the game, but I feel like the way he's his stance, he should be the, like the goalie led against Seattle. I don't know if you saw, literally went through his pad, shot was on the ice, he was down and went under him. The which the way he plays goalie, I feel like he should be the worst goalie in the world, but he makes saves. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. His stance, like waiting for a face-off, is the weirdest shit I've ever seen in my life. And the chest protector is about thirteen sizes too big. Yeah, he looks huge. His pads are, his pads are made in about nineteen fourteen. Like it's. <laughs> I, I would say he is the weirdest goalie I've watched this year, and I've watched a lot of games this year. He, it, it works. Yeah, he like tucks his head like down, and yeah. then he like puts his hands like that. That's what he does, and I'm like, this is the weirdest thing I've seen. I think he just confuses the shooters. They don't know what to do. I mean, I would be confused. Yeah. It's kind of like shooting oppo, but like when you're like, you're shooting on a goalie that catches right instead of left for a while. And like, he throws you off that way. But oh, um, yeah, a little hot action. I think of, I think, I think, I think of Jonas Hiller. Like when I think of an oppo <laughs> goal, that's the first guy I think of. Iconic. Yeah. Silly side. Um, yeah. Silly side. Um, but yeah, it was like early on, like it was all Red Wings, like all lines were kind of going. We had the Philip Zadina chance that Tukarski had a really good toe save on. Yeah. And then Robbie Favre immediately followed, like it was a couple shifts later that Robbie Favre had the same exact shot and another like toe save by Tukarski. Tukarski was good, like he was sharp early. Yeah. yeah. Has that been like kind of like the story all year for Tukarski? Yeah, so he, he gets a lot of, we get a lot of good scoring chances and he makes really big saves like that. Especially early in games, I feel like the Sabres love to start out really slow, and Anderson and Takarski make really big saves early on, and the team starts to get going and kind of coast from there on out. That, that's right. been the story all year. Like I like I, I was really surprised. Like obviously Takarski like had like he was a highly touted prospect like in like early yeah. like early 2010s I think it was like he was drafting like 0809 I want to say yeah. yeah. And like he was, it was Montreal he was drafted by, right? I think initially. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah, and he like had really good like World Junior numbers and then all of that. And he kind of was just an AHL guy for like the longest time. And then he's been really like, I mean, last year he came up, right? He played a little bit last year for the yeah, Sabers. He, he played well. I think he got hurt, maybe, or Hauser just took over. 
Well, I think he got hurt and then Hauser jumped in, like in uh like substitute for him. I mean the Sabres goaltending just the past year has been interesting. It's wild. Yeah. Michael Hauser. Michael Hauser, you have Aaron, you have Aaron Dell. Yeah. He's was drafted by the Tampa. He's been drafted by Tampa. Interesting. Yeah. Are you thinking of Zachary Fukali? That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. I'm thinking of Fukali. Yeah, because they both played for World Juniors together, I'm pretty sure. Or EHL legend. Caden Primo. Caden Primo, yeah. Good EHL guy. Um yeah, like I really thought like Tukarski really kind of like held the Sabres in. Like they like he held them in the game early. Because it could have been like three nothing right there of those three chances. But then the Red Wings, I, I said this before we like started recording. The Red Wings played 20 minutes this game. The first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes. So immediately after the Sabres really started turning on, especially with that um that Tage Thompson line. Yeah. And they've been really like Tage Thompson was good this game. And that's a new line because before it was Thompson, Asplund, and Olsen, but Olsen's been out the past week. And what, what's he out with? Uh, he got hurt in practice with like a non-contact injury. He's been he's been day to day for a week. It's still undisclosed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. just something in practice, and again, it's been like kind of not talked about. Just will hopefully show back up soon. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah. Is he? Uh, uh, is it upper or lower body? Do they say anything about that? It I'm not literally sure. says undisclosed. Yeah. Oh. Is the weirdest thing, but like I'm really impressed with Thompson. I thought in preseason, I I said he was might be the worst player in the NHL, and then something clicked once the regular season started. Well, I remember the game. So we were talking when Buffalo played Detroit in preseason. I thought Thompson looked really good in that game. Yeah, I think I don't know if it was that game, but he just looks really like there's games. Well, you told me you texted me he sucked, and then like he scored immediately right after. You're like, never mind, I changed my mind. Well, I mean, him and uh, Flash will both listen to us very. Very closely, so he saw yeah. somebody talk bad about him, and he picked it up. Yeah, yeah, he, he, read, he reads that. our text. Me- he reads our text messages. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I'm really impressed. I mean, I think now we can say we won the O'Reilly trade <laughs> the other night. So true. Yeah. Um, but Thompson had that really good setup. To uh, he, he went around the net. He like threw yeah. it through the or no, it was Skinner. Skinner threw Skinner through the pads of of Nedalkovich, and then um, Thompson buried it. This yeah. game made me think that Skinner's worth the nine million. Skinner's one of the weirdest players to watch. I actually love watching Skinner. He used to be one of my favorite players. He he might be one of the unluckiest players I've ever seen. Like he gets really good chances each game. I don't know if he just loves to shoot at goalies, but he gets good chances. Yeah, he had that. I think he's out for one or two posts too, though. Yeah, yeah. That's true. He does gold the year this year, though. Which one's that? Jeff Skinner. On his knees. That's better than McDavid's oh, yeah. the other. That's better yeah. than McDavid's the other night. That's a that's a take. <laughs> that's a take. Um, but I think Skinner got robbed by Nedalkovich in like the second, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh no, Buffalo really started like they drew a penalty. Ocpozo has a sneaky good shot. I didn't really uh, know about. It's not he, sneaky. He ripped one pass like on the hit the boards, and I'm like, oh yeah. that's going he, in. He has like three power play goals. Doing that same thing, just walking the top of the circle and just yeah, he's on his strong side. He like opens up and shoots like that. Yeah. So I was at uh, Ineski watching the preseason game when Buffalo played Detroit, and me and Dad were just talking about Akposo, and he's talking about how much he used to like him as a player. 
And dad was just hyping him up the whole preseason game and talking about how good he was. And I was like, I started watching a little more. I'm like, he's not wrong. He actually looks really good this game. I'm really happy for him. I watched him more last yesterday, and he was fun to watch. Yeah. I don't know. He used to be a shot, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Akposo was a hot name for mid mid tens, like 14 Mm -hmm. to 16 or something like that. We're paying him six a year, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) What was the. you don't we need the cap space. Pay contracts. He might get yeah. a pay raise after this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's what one of four players that are making seven fifty on Buffalo. So. Yeah. Oh. Barely. Had, it's better for not even at the floor with Skinner and Akposo's contract. That is bad. <laughs> um, but it was kind of like yeah, twenty sixteen was kind of the year that uh, the Islanders free agents got paid because we paid Franz Nielsen five almost five and a half to for six years. The new That's Dotsu. A terrible contract. He was the Datsuk replacement. <laughs> that was bad. That worked out well. <laughs> that was that was really good as we bought him out this year. Ken Hollander um, was hot. So what's been the deal with Rasmus Dahlin this year? It's he has his flashes. I mean, last year was just pretty pretty bad with Kruger, and then he picked it up with like the last fifteen games left. He just like started becoming the player he should have been, and then this year it's such like bad defensively and. I mean, if you watch, like, the Detroit game, for example, was his best game in a long time until, you know, a certain play. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll <laughs> talk about that a little bit. player, and it's just, <laughs> just went downhill. And, like, okay, so today in practice, he was working on his one-on-ones today by himself with uh, Matt Ellis. Out of every single player in the Buffalo organization, he found the 40-year-old assistant coach to do one-on-ones with. And the video yeah. is just uh, Matt Ellis basically skating down the middle and then going to the corner. So I think that might be our issues. We're using Matt Ellis to help Dowling with the one-on-ones. It's tough. But he, I was surprised when I'm like, I saw he scored his first goal. Mm-hmm. By the way, really nice shot. That was yeah. a snipe. I and really he, loved that. Buffalo's power play is really good. Yeah, that's been always a crutch for the team. Like, especially last year when every year we've been really bad, we've had a good power play. And that just comes from weird. Dowling's really good on the power play, especially up top. And He's the, money on the power play. He, he just finds those passes like Olafson for the one timer. I mean, rest in peace, Jack Eichel, one timers from that <laughs> side. But yeah, no, I was really yeah. Fun. I think a lot of Darlene stuff. This is me looking on the outside. Like I don't know how much success you expect to have when you have Will Butcher as your D partner. <laughs> His D partners have always been uh, subpar, just black holes defensively. Yeah, it's. So I mean, maybe maybe when we get some good D prospects. This Owen Power guy we have in our system, maybe. I've never heard of him. He's staying in Michigan for three years and signing somewhere else. <laughs> Don't get his grad grad degree. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to get his doctorate. He's got five years. Yeah. Oh, no, that's been, yeah. It's kind of like the yeah the story with the Sabers. Kind of like next man up. Like who who's the next seven hundred fifty thousand dollar player that's going to be like our power play guy? Yeah, and that's unfortunately the way it's been. Yeah, but this, this year the, those guys are starting to to produce a little bit. Well, no, I was like, I'm like Rasmus Asplund is like a name I haven't really thought of in a long yeah. time, and he had a, like he's been really good this year. He's on like a seven game point streak. Yeah, I picked him at DraftKings one night and he went off for me. Yeah, and with he was just like a defensive uh, fourth line guy in and out of the lineup, and some something happened this year. Now he's like leading our team in points. Really? I thought it was Olsen that led your team in points. I mean, I'm sure at this, I don't know, I haven't checked recently, but with this point streak, he had two 
against Detroit. Really? So it might okay. be close. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, like keep going through the game. Like second period, it was all Buffalo still. Like Tage Thompson had a couple chances where Nadelkovich really like he can he had a really good game. I know yeah. save percentage was like only like a nine oh six. Excuse me. But I was like it wasn't like the story of the game. Like he was really good. Not taking anyway. I thought to, I thought Tukarski is pretty solid too. Also, Chris Osgood for the life of him could not pronounce Tukarski on the oh broadcast. My God. How bad was that? It was like Grant. Do you remember how exactly I said it was like Toskiri? Like he'd like pronounce it like that. Did uh, he say Toskiri or two? Like Toskiri. Yeah. Then he had there was an L in there at one point. <laughs> there was an L in there. I There's a D. There, there was like a like an E. It was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, it was he was butchering it. Like I don't know, I don't know what like oh, Ken or uh, Ken Daniels would literally say it perfectly. He had two ginger ales. Well, Mickey Redmond wasn't there, so well, ginger yeah. ales were all left for them. Yeah. So but like he'd listen to Ken Daniels say it like right before and then like he couldn't pronounce it like 30 seconds later. I don't know. To me, it was, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, too many pucks that had. But then we had yeah. the um yeah, it was the so we go to the third because it was still two to one after the second, I think, right? Yeah, two one Buffalo, two one in a second. Um, we go to the third, and then it was um, the play was kind of weird. It was Nemestikov like falls and like loses Colin Miller, and Colin Miller like walks it in because he's a really good shot. Yeah, bombs it like big rebound. Stall doesn't tie up Ruostalainen. R two, R two doesn't tie him up, and then obviously it's a rebound. I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought of that play. I really thought like the Red Wings really blew coverage there pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, and Mark Stahl got worked and twerked in yeah. front of the net. He shouldn't be getting worked by five eight R two routes to line in in front of the net. That was probably one of Mark Stahl's worst plays of the season because I actually have liked his game. Yeah, believe it or not, Carson, like Mark Stahl's been like a usable player. Really? Yeah, yeah he's been, been actually like he's been respectable. Like he's like one of our like I'd say he's like our fourth best defenseman. What's in the water this year? Him, Mike Poso. He was good last year too. He was fine last yeah, year. Last year, last year he was big on the like on the defensive side of the game, which they yeah. didn't have any defense. But on the penalty kill too, he was pretty solid for for the Wings. And he went coast to coast once last year. He did go coast to coast. Scored on mm-hmm. Pecorino. He's better. It was, the, yeah. it was the funniest thing ever, Carson. I, I recommend you go watch it. It's like the funniest goal ever. And then not a good retires. goal. Not a good. Not a good goal at all. Should never happened. He put Pecker in retirement. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that play. I th- I really thought I don't know what Nemestikov was doing. Like, I don't know how he fell there and like lets Colin Miller walk in and then nobody's cleaning up the rebound there. So it's a tough one. But then it was kind of like after that, they got a the Red Wings got a power play. Oh, yeah, the Lucas Raymond trip. Yeah, oh, wait. Didn't that have been a penalty get... shot? I think this um, was before the red line. I thought it was I thought it was after. I don't know. I feel like it should no, have been a penalty. It was, and then he, it was he before had, the red line. Then he got killed by Miller chasing him down. Yeah. Thought, I'm sure so, there wasn't two penalties. It was right after the blue line. It was after the blue line. Okay. Defensive zone blue line. I know. Before we like go too far, I want to talk about like why the fuck is our third and fourth line just trying to like dangle at the blue line during this game? You know what I'm saying? I guess we could talk about like the depth in this game. Like, I don't know, like Michael Rasmussen's passing to no one. That that turnover where Thompson caught the pass and he threw it over to, was it Skinner on that play? And then no, Asplund. Which, it was Asplund. Okay, he Asplund stretched or out. Bryson, I can't even remember. It was one of the two. 
Yeah. But like, yeah, like Rasmussen's throwing it to no one. Literally, Ken Daniels like Rasmussen passes it to, uh, oh, he literally said it like that. It was hilarious. It was but no, like, yeah, the depth of the, like, I was gonna say secondary scoring, but Grant and I got in a huge fight about secondary scoring last episode <laughs> of what the definition of Carson. How do you define secondary scoring? Um, I'd say scoring from your like third and fourth lines. Guys yes. Yeah, I call I call secondary anything after primary. So like I like your first line's your primary. So I like secondary. Oh, well, like, why? Yeah. And I made I the your argument second, your second line should be primary. Know, maybe yeah, a little middle ground. Like one and a half scoring because no, I, Mitch, yeah, I, Mitch I, Marner should be secondary scoring. That was my argument. Yeah, and like road game for Edmonton is dry sidle secondary. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and literally, like anyone that plays on your top two or your two power play units. Even so, like I guess, like, unless it's like one random guy that's not playing at all, he's on their fourth line, but he's a good power play guy. Then, like that would be secondary scoring him himself. But typically, your most teams, your top six forwards are on your power plays, so that would be still primary, in my opinion, too. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe but I'm do we think that Zach Cassian is primary? Like if he's playing with McDavid, I that might be secondary if you ask me. Yeah. All right. So I guess I guess it just depends on the the eye of the beholder, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like depth has been a huge issue. Grant like pointed out to me, it was like the second period was uh, we were talking about like the second line, how like with Fabry, Zadina and Valeno, how like one shift, they'd be really good penning the Sabres in and the next shift, they'd be nowhere to be found. I was talking about the first line. You're talking about the first line. Yeah. Um, through the game, there'd be one out of every shift. They'd look dominant. And then there'd be that, those two shifts out of three, I looked like they weren't doing anything out there until the third period. But in the first period, I thought our second line was dominant. They were you good. Had Fabry and Fabry and Zadina were just throwing pucks to each other, and they Zadina was skating with confidence last night. And then they kind of died down a little bit. It was like Buffalo started shutting them down defensively. They did a good job and kind of slowed them down. And then the whole second period, we were like locked up and looked dead tired after like a three game road trip going on in was our fourth game so it looked like we were on our fourth game of a road trip right um yeah with the first line i don't know yeah they definitely had like their shifts where like they'd have chances there was also they were doing the weird thing where they were flipping valeno and Suter around um that was only once no it was a couple times it was a couple times yeah um valeno got a couple shifts and i like that get different looks after creating no offense and Suter's right. not the most offensive guy, but I thought he did a well enough job on that first line. Especially in the but, third. Yeah. So we get after that. We so the Raymond, the Raymond call. I, I thought it was gonna be a penalty shot, but it I wasn't. Didn't. You didn't think so? Well, is it that red line role? That's, like, that's why I thought it was line. red line. Okay. Because oh, okay. Ken yeah, was I'm pretty sure it's red line on, and if he doesn't get a shot off. Ken was freaking out. No, the shot off like, thing doesn't matter. The shot off not anymore. Said, no, it doesn't matter. No. Okay. Gotcha. But I think what Carson said is the red line. And so it was right after the blue line. So I did not expect it to be a penalty shot at all. And it wasn't. But Raymond seemed like he wanted it to be a penalty shot. Yeah, he was pissed. He's yeah. fired up. And Tokarski um, made a nice save on that breakaway, too. Yeah, it was a nice, like, Raymond actually, like, kept going. Like, he didn't, like, lay down at all. He got, like, right back up and, like, actually made, like, a good play. Um, but we go into that power play. That was garbage. There were so many decisions on that power play. I'm like, what is going on? We have Bertuzzi throwing it like to the corner to no one. Um, Michael Rasmussen's out there for some reason. Zadina also not out there. 
Joe, Joe Valeno should be on the power play. That's not a like discussion. Should or shouldn't? Should. should. Okay. Yeah, Valeno should be. Yes. I um, I want to rip on Sam Gagne being on the power play, but he actually knows what he's doing. Like that's, he's his, doing that's his little. That's his niche. There, he he knows what I he's know. doing. He's, I feel like, to, like he bobbles a lot of passes, but then he like makes up for it and doesn't really turn over the puck much, which is nice right now because everyone else seems to be turning it over. Right. He like settles things down in that bumper position. And like I've said this all year, I've really liked Sam Gagne this year. Like good I think he's a, he's a great veteran presence. Um I know it doesn't sound good to have Sam Gagne in your power play, but like also like he's been playing fine at it. So I don't really have an issue with it. It can't be worse than having Alex Chase on your first unit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Alex, I've heard like Alex Chason's like like I mean I'm, when he was in Edmonton he was that bumper guy and he like put up twenty goals the one year. Dude, they have him on the yeah, but he also was uh, first unit over Besser. That's insane. Yeah, Chason was all, there was also a petition signed by others fans to get Chason off the power play. So yeah, oh, was there exactly? Oh yeah, he's oh, horrible. Yeah. There's there there that. that. And they yeah, also have OEL here. over Quinn Hughes right now. That's insane. <laughs> I had a bad, I had a bad, I guess I had a bad take last episode about how Vancouver was going to make the playoffs over Vegas. Oh, me and Chase are shooting at you the other night. That was before Eichel was there, too. That was before Eichel. Yeah, it was before we'll get to that trade, too, because I want to, like, that's like a big basis after this. But, like, yeah. So after that, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling a little bit bummed because I'm like, what are we going to talk about with Carson for like, I mean, obviously we talked about like the Eichel trade, but like, I'm like 3 1 game with like six minutes left. Buffalo wins. Like, it's going to be a little bit of a bummer episode. And Carson's like he has his hands on his face now, like the rest of the game. But uh, the for our skill guys decided to show up, um, and it was big. I describe this last six minutes of literally two players just taking over the game, and it was pretty blatant. It was literally the Raymond and Bertuzzi show. Yeah, they were sure. both so good in the last part of the game, and they were almost like splitting the two of them up to get more reps. It almost seemed like well, and Raymond I'm... Raymond took a shift on like the third line. Because they were like double shifting shifting him and Bertuzzi, they were and then throwing like different line combinations. I love that at the end of the game. Raymond almost played 20 minutes that game. Well, when you have two guys rolling like that, I don't mind switching them up and like getting them more shifts as you go. Because Raymond, yeah, Raymond almost looks more confident with with the puck when he's playing with uncompetent players like like uh Michael Rasmussen, defensive center, aka the god. So we look at the uh, the second goal. We have Raymond throws like the puck up to, or no, Cider has the puck, mm-hmm. and Raymond literally skates all the way to the blue line, intercepts the pass from Dan DeKaiser. <laughs> He's like, "Nah, dude, you're not touching this puck." Three three Sabers crowd Raymond, and Raymond throws it back to DeKaiser, who hits Bertuzzi, who smartly bumps up into like the slot. Yeah, which I honestly thought like Tukarski probably should have had that one. Yeah, the thing with Dukarski, just the way he plays, I feel like any goal he lets in, no matter how good it is, looks really, really bad just from the way he plays. Even yeah. like, that shot was like on the ice. Yeah, I mean he's he's bound to let in one on ice goal a game. <laughs> it looked <laughs> like Bertuzzi tried to get more on that, but he kind of no, muffed he, it. No, it looked like he muffed it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, okay the play with was... it because he scored, but that play yeah, was the beautiful. Play, the play was awesome, yeah. Like Dan DeKaiser made a really good play. Like he was a really smart play to I really thought Dan DeKaiser was just gonna stand there. And the play was going to die, but he skated down the wall and made the right play. I we don't get enough of that. Is Red Wings popping out like Bertuzzi did on that play? It reminds me of like the way how good TJ Oshie is in the middle of the slot, right? And he That's, always yeah. bumps out like that. And if Bertuzzi can start doing that more, he has a nice enough shot. And like other guys, 
I don't know. He's finding ways. We, to we've score seen goals. that in spurts from Bertuzzi this year too. Like, yeah, just you you don't need that extra guy down low because he's just going to be crowded. So just bump out three more feet, yeah. and you're going to have all the room in the world to let a muffin go. Right, a little fluffer, McDavid style. Yeah, so we're feeling a little bit. We're feeling good now as Red Wings fans, and like Carson's like starting to get a little nervous. I think yeah. at this point, after that that goal, I was like, I thought Red Wings were going to win in regulation. Just how the game was going, I actually did think they were going to win in regulation. When too. it got to overtime, I was like, oh, thank God, we got a point out of this game. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, it was like a couple minutes later, wasn't it? That uh, Raymond passes to Suter, who hits Bertuzzi, and then Bertuzzi makes Darlene look like a looks like a pile on. And buries it. Really nice shot. That's like the shot like goalies really struggle with is the over the pad under the blocker. Yeah, it's the same. It was literally the same play he did against Sergachev on Vasilevsky. Yeah. It was the same shot him. placement and yeah. like and both really nice moves. Very similar. Yeah, very similar walk too. Like when he when he split the D. Yeah. So tough not, go. Not for, as fancy this one, but you know. Yes. Tough go for Dalim. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> His boy Hedman got locked. So. It's like back-to-back games that's happened to him, like key situations. Oh, I wanted to like talk about what was up with the. Uh, um, was that yeah? It was Darlene like didn't he whiff on like the empty net thing? Was that him that biff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this eight shit. What was going on with that? Like what happened? Uh, yeah, San Jose scored an empty net goal, and then I think he just went to shoot it out. Just a little little upset and kind of ate it. Okay, that was hilarious. That can't be Fox worse than the Mike. That can't be worse than the Mike Hoffman game. Oh, that one was bad last night too. Yeah, <laughs> that was bad. dude, the that, Canadians those were, suck. Like, those were like within two days of each other, weren't they? Yeah. Or a yes. day or something. It was a like a couple hilarious. days. Yeah, I saw something about like Eichel's at, at the slot machine in Vegas right now, laughing his ass off, and then showed the video of it <laughs> <laughs> of uh, Dalim. He's like, it was just funny. I just died laughing. I don't think it's talked about how bad the Canadians are. I don't think we have room to talk. We've lost to them twice this year. We've gifted them two out of their three wins, which is hilarious. Okay, Um, we went 4-0 against them last year, so whatever. (laughs) Or two years ago. (laughs) Two years ago. Two years ago. ago. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, this brings it to overtime. I really thought, Mm. like, Bertuzzi Bertuzzi had that chance at the end there. That's when I thought they were going to win regulation. Yeah. Yeah, right there. Are you talking about when he shot it over the net or the one with like three seconds left? Over the net. Yes. The two on one where he gets his slid across there. Yeah. The Red Wings had a bunch of chances like that where like they get the slide across and like they couldn't bury on the one timer. And then him and Raymond were buzzing with like 10 seconds left. Yeah. But no, uh, Raymond had a playmaker and regulation so that was really nice yeah he's the first i had it written down what was the stat it was like he's the first um first fourth teenager in wings history to get a three assists in a game which is insane pretty good yeah not bad lucas raymond now with 13 points in the year in 12 games cole caulfield one goal in 10 games and plays for the ball rocket and plays for the ball rocket so it's a good day but he's still getting 40 this year Zegers yeah, said. yeah, Zegers said he's still gonna get forty. I don't know how, but he's gonna get it. Is that what yeah. Zegers said? He said he yeah. tweeted that at the beginning of the year. It was like, oh, I he, thought he said he's he tweeted it was like, again after I sent no, it. No, NHL tweeted out like the account just tweeted out like, what's your hot take for this upcoming season? And Zegers tweeted back at them. He said, Caulfield oh, for yeah. forty. Hilarious! I didn't see yeah. that. So Uh-oh. start of overtime, we get we get you know the treatment of Michael Rasmussen taking the opening draw in overtime. 
I was I was a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Um. So my big thing is a notepad here. All it says <laughs> on this notepad is OT faceoffs. Why the hell do we send Rasmussen <laughs> out for two overtime faceoffs if he's not gonna fucking win one of them? I don't <laughs> yeah, get he went it. Over just, two. Just put Raymond in the faceoff circle or Fabry. I don't care. Yeah. It makes zero sense to have a six foot six. Uh, I won't go that far. Six foot six player that cannot win a draw. Putting Delkovich in the faceoff. Who cares? He plays like he's five five. Yeah. yeah, it's been he's been like his faceoffs even have been dropping the past couple of games too. Like I don't know what he's bringing. He doesn't bring I say, anything. I sent you that piece from uh, Jake Rivard in the for winging in Motown, or whatever. That was really good. It was really I, balanced. I didn't read it. Oh, you didn't? I, I don't. Rasmussen's been bad. That's all I need to know. <laughs> well, I've like watched in, enough. Like, it was like a really big article, like his analytics and stuff. And it was like, I don't know. I thought it was really good. I couldn't care less about analytics if he looks terrible on the ice to me, to be <laughs> honest. I'm, um, a big eye, I'm a big eye test guy and he doesn't do what he needs to be doing. So, well, I mean, the analytics will also tell you that he's not doing what he needs to be doing. Exactly. Yeah. See, I can watch that with my eyes. Well, I mean, not always, but okay. All right. We're not going to get into that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, he immediately gets switched out like right away. And Bertuzzi gets that little breakaway chance that like Bertuzzi doesn't have enough speed to like get anything going. He's not. Really, I was kind of wondering how far back you couldn't see it on the camera angle just because it was so distanced out. How much room Raymond had on the guy that was chasing him? If Bertuzzi could have just like slowed up and waited two seconds for Raymond to get that's there. what I was thinking, like a spin move. Yeah. But I'm not sure how much ahead Raymond was than his guy and so I had no complaint on that also that, was such, moment, that was such a good steal <laughs> yeah it was really good who did he steal it off of is it Darlene yeah it was probably Carson Mark- <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> tough I think it was because he brought it out of the zone and then yeah got the Sabres only in zone time then the Red Wings kind of had nothing they kind of had nothing going on after that and then uh yeah that change the change Thompson chance that got stuffed by Bertuzzi I think that was their only chance for Buffalo. I thought the overtime for Buffalo was pretty shit. Yeah. Was, you I see the, the whole clip of the the Tage Thompson, like the whole play of that where Bertuzzi pushes Heronic back and then comes back and makes the play. Yeah. That was unreal. Fabry also had a good chance. I should note that. Like Fabry had that good like Tikarski had that really good glove save on Fabry. Um but yeah, Bertuzzi breaks up the play. It goes up to I don't know who I don't know who had it after that, but then Bertuzzi gets it back. Bertuzzi took it all the way up, I think. Oh, he took it all the way up. Yeah. And Heronic Heronic changes for Cider. Cider shakes off Rasmus Asplund, and uh, Cider yeah scores his first career NHL goal, overtime winner. It's the first rookie in Red Wings uh, Red Wings or first defenseman in Red Wings history to score his first goal in overtime, and the first since 1935. So that's pretty awesome. It's wow. been a minute. That was a sweet goal. Yeah, that was a snipe. Some, some people were saying that uh, they thought it was offside because he hopped on and touched the puck before. Because what two guys changed, I think they right? were saying too many men. Yeah, too many. Or sorry, yeah, too many men, not offside. Yeah, it was close. But, yeah. I thought. I don't know, Carson. What do you think about that? I mean, I didn't even see the too many men, but I mean, now that we're talking about it, I probably should have been a major for too many men on the ice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, Call but like because they kind of the one camera angle that. The broadcast was showing on Bali Sports for Detroit, at least. <clears throat> they, uh, it looked like Koronik hadn't left the ice yet before Cider 
That's the puck. So yeah. it yeah. depends how you look at too many men because it seems like they've gotten like a lot more lax on it. And if the guy that just changed isn't in the play yet. So Hironic was probably within three to five feet within the bench before Cider jumped on the ice. Mm-hmm. And then Cider jumps on the ice. He doesn't touch the puck till Hironic's in the bench. Yeah, that would no, be that means it's not, that means it's not too many men then. So no, Bertuzzi no, exactly. had the puck. He didn't have any effect in the play until Hironic changed. What That's I was going is, is the angle we watched like we watched it on here. It looked like mm-hmm. he had the puck before Hironic's first skate left the ice. Right. Okay, because he, he went to the door. Oh yeah, that's right. Sure. He went to the door because because Bertuzzi gained the blue line, and then Hironic went to the door, and then Cider hopped in. It was definitely then, close-ish. But, I just didn't. It, think. it was close-ish, but yeah, like so. Like I, that's one thing. Like after I think like, I wasn't paying that much attention because I was talking with my grandpa afterwards to the replays. But right when I first saw it, I saw oh, that could, that could be close to too many men. Like. Yeah, but obviously it wasn't. wasn't true. It wasn't at all because they but, didn't uh, challenge it at least. I loved the guys after the boys were going nuts for for cider getting his first. Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi <laughs> literally left his stick on top of cider and grabbed the puck and then went back and hugged him. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. The guys are going nuts, but yeah, the, the savviness of cider there to like shake off Aspen, he kind of like does that fake cutback and then he goes then he goes the other way. Um, really smart play, really well-placed shot too yeah perfect shot um awesome play he's just so strong on the puck and it's funny because watching buffalo too i see tage thompson and i see that same kind of swagger at the puck although different position yeah. but tage thompson that's what i was thinking could too. end up being a monster mm-hmm. on the puck he could be really him. scary i love watching tage thompson yeah i love watching cider he has like the mindset i wish stalin had like yeah stalin Gets good chances, but then he tails off and turns the puck over, and it goes two on one back. <laughs> he also doesn't have much support there either. That's yeah. uh, a big issue I've kind of thought about with Darlene is he kind of got put into a situation as an eighteen-year-old, yeah. and everyone just expected him to, to succeed. It's so he, hard to just be yeah. thrown as a defenseman at yeah. eighteen oh and be the number one defenseman, run power play. Yes, on really bad teams. Exactly. So well, that's what I'm weird about when you're making a pass and the guy can't catch it and it's a five foot pass, it's pretty yeah. tough to it's pretty tough to succeed. Right. Well, that's what I'm kind of worried about with Cider too. I mean, this is a little way early, but like... this is a lot different in my opinion. Cider's yeah. got a better core around him. He's got Nick Letty to lean on and yeah. Phil Peronic also, who is only 23, but still that's what I'm saying. When we when we look at like the Red Wings as a whole, like what's the value of trading Letty? this year at the deadline i don't know that they will and if they do they're probably gonna trade for i I don't think they would trade him unless that's what i'm I'm saying like it might it might do worse for heronic insider to trade letty yeah at the deadline versus like keeping him as like a support piece and like because what's what's the worth of like a second and like a a c-level prospect versus nick letty the whole year right Right. not that nick letty's been like especially of late nick letty's been a little rough i think Nicoletti has been playing too. The experience thing, though, but the experience thing, like actually being able to log twenty minutes, and like on any team would be able to log twenty minutes. I think five on five, he's been all right. The power play, it's killing me. He was brought in for power play. A lot of it was he was everyone suspected he was brought in for power play, but five on five, I think he makes Heronic a lot better of a player. Yeah, he gives Heronic more confidence and patience with the puck because he's ultimately very patient with the puck. 
lets him settle down a little bit. Yes. Have, like you said, extra confidence to say, take this extra second to make the right play, not just yeah. the right play. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's huge for, I mean, yeah, he's 23. He's been in the league for, what, four years now, Veronic? Yeah. He's he, yeah, he kind of, no, well, he kind of broke in. And he broke in. No, he's, is he, he's 23. He's been, yeah. he, since he's like been 20, he played his like first game at like 20. Okay. I think so three-ish years or so yeah he's still young still has lots of room to develop and then obviously cider has lots of room to develop i think it's more beneficial for the wings to keep letty hang on to him unless they get something big coming back you get blown out of the water obviously you do it like yeah and then you still have the chance to resign him in offseason if he wants but by the way he's been playing like i don't think you get blown out of the water by a deal to be honest not yet no right but that's um, still a few months away. You never know what goes. I mean, yeah. But I thought it was a really also, good. Ba- okay, go ahead. I'm just saying, Letty also just came from the Islanders, who they're not known for their offense. So that's an adjustment for him himself, too. Right. You know, he's also getting shelled def- like defensively. Like it's a lot more shots he's facing versus the Islanders system. We don't face as many. Yeah, logging a lot tougher minutes. Like they're the same amount of minutes, pretty much, but a lot tougher in that right. sense because the team defensive play. And the Islanders makes it makes it very easy for, you know, a stay-at-home defenseman to succeed, and yeah. even even an offensive defenseman to succeed because it's typically down in the other zone. Right. I thought it was really good for Pew Suter to have a big day. Like he got a goal and an assist. I think that was big for him. And I think this road trip is really showing how much we like really do need Larkin. And without Larkin, yeah. we need we are missing those high-end players. Like it really shows like where the Red Wings are at. Showed a little bit of their true colors. I mean, obviously, we have Raymond and Sider and Bertuzzi. Well, Bertuzzi and Raymond can't score all the goals. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We're missing, like, we're missing. Verana. Verana will be big. But I think yeah. we really need another play-driving center. Yeah. Is what I think we're missing in this big-picture, like, puzzle we have here. Yeah. Going on. And, obviously, the defense is a big thing. But I think it was really big for the guys to get the win there. Um, but we're going to go into, like, the – what really inspired this – idea for have Carson on the show um Jack Eichel was traded uh early early Thursday it was like 7 30 trade yeah yeah early in the um the, I have the total here so Jack Eichel in a third to Vegas for yep. Alex Tuck Peyton Krebs a 2022 first which is conditional yeah and a 2023 second mm-hmm. so I don't know we'll go right with you how are you feeling about it when I first saw it I had a lot of mixed emotions because, I mean, Eichel's been with us. He's been our guy for, like, six years. And, I mean, it's always tough seeing him go. But from what the offers were this summer on what his value was to what we got, like, the more I thought about, the happier I was. I love Krebs. Hopefully we can get talking sooner rather than later. And he seems to actually love being here, local kid. Grew up a Sabres fan. And then – and just – Krebs's first game in Rochester with Quinn and Paterka made me really excited because they just controlled the entire game. But it's always going to suck losing Eichel because especially going to Vegas, he's just going to tear it up, especially in the regular season. Like he's the player they needed. Their power play sucks. He is a terrific power play guy. And I think Buffalo's going to get a lot, a lot of shit from the media because Eichel's going to tear it up in the regular season. But I don't think it ever would have worked in Buffalo with Eichel, no matter what. Agreed. No, definitely, definitely, like how Buffalo, excuse me, handled handled it. 
there was no way like i know there was rumors that eichel wanted out mm-hmm. at the at the start of the um bubble in 20 yep. in 2020 so like we had that and then like the way they handled his neck surgery in May, like wa- him wanting the disc replacement versus the yeah. uh, the fusion. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, like, I think, like, with the situation, in my opinion, looking out, like, out- outward and not being a Sabres fan, I think that Buffalo could have gotten a lot more if this was taken care of in the summer mm-hmm. when if they would have given him the disc replacement and given him the time to re- recoup and, like, this wouldn't have been such a media thing. Yeah. I think they could have got another, like, first-round pick value in there. But overall, like with the situation, I think they did very well. Agreed. Alex yep. Tuck is the second line forward, like yes. confirmed. Like he's a 50-point guy. Peyton Krebs probably is going to be that, if not more. Yes. He can play center and wing. Yeah. And if you look at the Sabres prospects, like guys that are in the AHL now and in the NHL, like that's a good top six. Right. Cousins, Middlestat, mm-hmm. and then Paterka, Quinn, Krebs, Tuck. You can even throw Olofsson if you keep him. Oh, yeah, Olofsson, Asplund's having a great year. Thompson. Thompson. Pretty good. I love, it's a really I love balance. For you guys too. Yeah, and I, but yeah. I feel like as a Sabres fan, we've been having this conversation for years, just different names. Yeah. I mean, hopefully this is the time it changes. Well, that's what I wanted to get into with you for, like, Sabres, like, as a whole. Like, they've been making, like, really big moves other than, like, players. Yeah. Like, they brought in – um what was his name the analytic department that like really bumped I, yeah, up yeah i know who you're talking about that that was a huge step because when adams took over and the pagulas slashed every department right i don't think we had a single scout in the whl we some importantly we didn't have a single scout I think it was the which, whl which mm-hmm. i think is a bold move but um it's nice to kind of see maybe some money getting back into the organization so yeah. we'll see um, I don't know. It's just really interesting because in maybe May, we were blowing the whole team up. Middlestat was a career AHL guy, and now he's going to be our bona fide first-line center for years. So it's crazy what a good week can do for the Buffalo media. And right. I don't know. It's it's tough because I still feel like we're like tweeners in terms of a rebuild. And I think we're just going to try to power through now. So we'll, No pun intended. Yeah, we, you, every <laughs> yeah I, I forget we have Owen Power. Right. Well, like and I said, he's we, staying in Michigan for three more years. So yeah, he's true. taking his fifth year option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you guys have like really solid defensive prospects as well. Like you have Power, obviously Dalween's still really young. You have Bryson, Jacob Bryson. Bryson. Jacob Bryson's been speaking. He's been incredible. Um, Henry like, Yokiharu is guy everyone forgets about. Yeah, I mean, he's been hurt since like game two. He's hopefully someone that can kind of figure it out a little bit as the season gets going right. and he comes back and maybe some more pre- pressures get put off of him a little bit, but. Matias I mean, Samuelson's another guy. Yeah. He's, he just came back from injury. He's good. Um, uh, Laxanen and Rochester. That's who I was thinking of. That's the other he, guy I'm thinking of. Yeah. He, I think he can make a good little impact in the NHL. Some good puck moving guys. Exactly. Like, I think um, defensively. Oh. Uh, Ryan Johnson, first round pick. That's that's another one too. Yeah, it's, but you guys have a lot of like good prospects being built up. Like it's a really good. Like you guys are like with Adams has brought in a lot of good talent. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. We've had about fifteen first round picks the last three years, <laughs> so hopefully a couple of them can make it. And yeah, uh, I thought ahead. the trade, the Ristolainen trade this summer too was incredible. 
That was getting, yeah. unbelievable. Insane. Because Bristol Lyman's having an interesting start. Yeah, he's got one point in like eight games and is a minus two, I think. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows what unbelievable big... plus minus, though. Yeah, honestly, that's pretty good. That's his career. That's, that's his career, career, career high. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, but it kind of just shows how like de- how valued defensemen are. Like even if you take a big defenseman, which is like what the Red Wings have been doing for a while now, yeah. it's like they take the big swings on like big like six foot three plus defensemen, and like if they end up making the NHL, like it shows what they go for. Yeah. So this is the complete value pick. Yeah. And uh, the one the one trade I wasn't absolutely insane about was the Sam Reinhardt trade Agreed. this summer. But uh, Devin it Levi's was- an insane. Start yeah, northeastern. Very good. Yeah, that kid is uh-uh. disgusting in that. He's very good. So the Sabers now have three first round picks this year. Now, um, yeah, that's what. Yeah, pretty sure. So it's well, Florida's, like, Florida's, Florida, Vegas, Vegas, and Buffalo. Buffalo. Um, yeah, Vegas is the condition, right? Yeah, so it's a top ten condition because I mean that's smart by Vegas, considering where they're at right now. Like you don't know exactly how the injuries are going to go. Right. Um, obviously Eichel's not going to be available until February because yeah. he's getting it next Friday. I saw, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, obviously Eichel's going to do very well. And like that first line, that first line's scary. Yeah. Pacioretty stone and Eichel. I love, I love Mark stone. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, and then and you can move Chandler Stevenson finally to the third line where he should be. Yeah. And he's and then, like going to end up being a tremendous third liner because of how good he's been stepping up. Right. Yeah. I kind of view him as like a large, I view him as like a Lars Eller. He's way better like, than Lars Eller. Well, he's better than Lars Eller, but like you know how Lars Eller is like a good third line center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like where he should be. And then you have you have guys like um William yeah. Carlson like eventually be healthy for Vegas. Yeah. That'll be big for them. Like Vegas would be good, like coming like I think they might end up like squeaking into like a wild card spot considering like their injury yeah. Yeah, the situation. Yeah, that's not good. That's not helping them at all. Especially because Alex Tuck now is not coming back for them because Alex Tuck yeah. is a Again, I can't say enough. Nice Alex, Alex Tuck. Tuck is a very good player, but from what I've noticed from him, man, he is a freak in the playoffs. He's a yeah. lot better in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. He I'm is. Glad Buffalo picked him up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, he's one of my favorite players that I've watched in like the recent three, four years in the playoffs. He's unbelievable in the playoffs. He's, not, he's like another guy we, we didn't even we didn't even mention him in the in the Buffalo's top six situation. Yeah, we didn't even mention him. And I think for Buffalo picking up a player that's so extremely excited to be there is so good Massive. for the organization, especially a good player, a good top six player. That's Great. such a win. But I wanted to mention if the Red Wings felt comfortable with the Eichel disc replacement, how hard would it have been for the Red Wings to trade for him? Because I looked at it after the Vegas return. I don't think it would have been that tough to make a trade. Yeah, so I, I had like an idea put up and I would have been comfortable with this. I saw it on Twitter too a little bit. It'd be one of like Zadina or Bertuzzi, like a Joe Valeno or Bergeron, a first round pick and a second round pick. It would have been the equal to Vegas's. Ooh, I don't know about that. What do you mean? What are you thinking? Then I think that would have oh. been like the equal equal like play. Probably like Zadina. They've been like Zadina, Valeno, a first and a second. Well, I think they would have wanted someone younger than Bertuzzi. Right, Zadina. Zadina, yeah. but Zadina's unproven. And yeah. Alex Tuck was, is a lot more proven. So I'm thinking like Jacob Verana 
and a prospect. That was my thought. Oh, yeah. That it, been, it, yeah. W- it would have been Jacob Verana and maybe like Bergen or Valeno and a first and a second, probably. But the second would have to be, or the first would have to be next year because I don't think the Red Wings would give up a first this year. Or you just do the same stipulation as like a top 10 protected as Vegas did. Or the so top Vegas 10. Finished, if Vegas finishes top 10, is a pick get moved to next year? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Guaranteed, unprotected. Guaranteed. But like, if like they miss the playoffs barely, like if it's like 14th overall, that's that's yours this year. That's bonus. Yeah. That would be yeah. awesome for you. Guys. That'd be ideal. That'd be the ideal situation for the Sabres. Is Although like Vegas barely misses. I would re- really like to see Jack Eichel in the playoffs this year. So, right. Selfishly, but I, I obviously, think obviously we're, we're, we're on Buffalo side for this, for this podcast. I want to see Edmonton in first this year and Vegas in fourth. And Ooh, can make David versus Eichel. Eichel. That'd be fun. See if the Oilers can make it past the first round. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, like Edmonton's buzzing though right now. Yeah, they are. And yeah, they, right um, now. Like recently, but Carson, history. how do you feel? I want to like, I, I wanted to go look from this angle, from like the medical standpoint. I know like the medical team is yeah. like some bad publicity for Buffalo. How do you feel about the team like going forward, like for trades and like signing players in the off season, like for the future? Yeah, I mean, I I think Buffalo in this history signed some really good free agent guys. Like, Hinnestrosa signing this summer, I think it was incredible. Like, he doesn't put up the points, but just, like, the eye test. Grant, he has some really stupid plays at times, but, like, he, he gets the job done. And then even someone like Will Butcher is, you know, sometimes he makes, again, interesting plays. It might be a little slow. Like, he's upgrade over what we've had in the past and even like goaltending somehow they turned Tukarski and Anderson into a, a good duo yeah so I yeah out of nowhere really I mean I don't know if it's just Buffalo because Michael Hauser tore it up last year that's when Tukarski's <laughs> here it might just be Buffalo systems great for goaltenders well not Ukapekalukanen he is having a shocker right now with the Amherst he's I mean that's also with the Reinhardt trade when we got Levi I was like why would we do that Especially with Portillo, who's doing really well in Michigan. Yeah, he's good. And I'm like, why do we need another goaltending prospect for Lukanen? He had so much hype around him. Like, he's had the most hype for a Sabres prospect since, like, Eichel. And he's mm-hmm. just kind of just That's existing. A, so Kind of with be- goalies, though. Go ahead, Grant. Um, Before we get too far, uh, the Will Butcher thing. Yeah. I loved that trade. Yeah, I did I too. feel like Butcher has such high upside, but, I mean, he can be really bad at some points but why not if you're buffalo yeah, and that's kind of why i wanted buffalo to trade for shane goss spare agreed i think buffalo is a great place for guys unless your name's taylor hall to prove yourself yes <laughs> and you got nothing to lose i feel like every every year buffalo has a couple guys that take a lower deal to try to well it's kind of yeah, like it's either a make or break it like you either make your career yeah. or break it if you can put up 40 40 to 50 points in buffalo like you're gonna get paid yeah. But if How you don't many... do it, if you don't do anything like, I'll uh, like Scott Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I, I threw Scott Wilson up because that's it's a name for both Red Wing fans and Buffalo fans. We love appreciate. Scott Wilson. We yeah. love Scott Wilson. Well, because how many points does Goss Despair have right now? In he had three Arizona last night. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. 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 On the way to the Arizona's first win of the season. Save me in fantasy. Anyone, anyone who said that Arizona was going to be better than Buffalo is absolutely off their rocker. Eight. Like from from this, like for the preseason, like that's insane. 
Their lineup sheet from opening night was, I think, my favorite tweet I've ever seen. <laughs> you didn't know, you didn't, yeah, you didn't know which, which line lines. was which. You didn't know which line was which. Ghost has yeah. nine points in 12 games, by the way. That's insane. And What's Jacob Chikrin has like two. Yeah. Jacob Chikrin's having a time, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know me and you kind of got in an argument, but I said Buffalo won't get over 10 wins this year. Or not Buffalo, Arizona won't get over 10 wins this year. I just don't see how it's possible to be that you bad. Said it was, you said that at least get 20. They're on pace for 10. Yeah, that's true. Dude, they're, they're not good at all. I don't know. The only reason they won last night is because they are playing against Grubauer. That's true. I, that's like my biggest take. I'm like, Grubauer is not a good starter. Grubauer is horrible. <laughs> yeah, he got overpaid, man. Uh, like, like I think Colorado upgraded a goalie, and I know I know he's struggling right now for uh, yeah, Kemper to start struggling a little. Their bit. whole team's struggling right now, They'll except Bowen and Byram. Yeah, but yeah. I guess as a whole, like so overall, you feel like I know overall, like it's a relief to finally get out of the Eichel situation. But yeah, so how do you feeling? I mean, when we first got Adams, I was like, this is going to be a long, long time because we've been through like three GMs in the past six years, seven years. Yeah. And I just thought Adams was going to be a placeholder until we find someone that wasn't like the accountant three years ago to be the GM. <laughs> but he's made some really good moves. And I love uh, Granado behind the bench. I do That's, too, man. Yeah. I was going to bring him up. He's a great coach for this team because, I mean, Kruger was so – you know, Kruger <laughs> behind the bench. Freddy Kruger. The team was so hard to watch. But, like, once Granado stepped in and, like, they broke the losing streak, they were a good team at the end of the season last year. Like, Middlestat was putting up points. I think Middlestat, if he didn't get hurt, was going to score a lot of goals this year. I know. You said, like, jokingly, like, in our me you and Fugues group chat, you said, like, Middlestat was going to be a 60-point guy this year. Yeah, I think I had 30 goals for him. Like he, he was on pace, like he was like a goal game in the last 10 games last year, like something right. crazy like that. Yeah, it's almost like it was not a good idea to have a, a, a coach that like was higher up in the Premier League yeah. as like a, as for Southampton. I mean, you to think be the, coaching hockey. The thing with Kruger, like the things he said and like everything leading up to, it, I was like, I, I bought into him. And then yeah. the same way I bought into Hauser or not Hauser, what, what was his name? Um, Housley, Housley, yeah, thank you. Housley, okay. Housley, yeah. bought into him a lot. I feel like every coach for the Sabers, every GM, and this is the one time I didn't buy into any of them, and it's working. So I think it's a me issue. Maybe it is. <laughs> you're blowing up there, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. Kruger, I feel like he's just like he was a he was a people person. Yeah, he'd be like your guy that you bring in for it as an assistant coach to like. Yeah. If you have a hard ass coach, like say someone like Torch or something like that. Yeah, that's just gonna sit there and hound your players. And then he's gonna, he's the guy. He's gonna be like, hey, come to my office. Let's have a chat. Let's let's yeah. have a coffee or whatever. Because everyone chill. said they loved him. Like all the players, like they love yeah. Kruger. It's just even when he was in Edmonton, the same uh, thing. Yeah, I mean that's why Hall came to Buffalo in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a what a, <laughs> what a guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, do we want to talk about like, a little bit like what's going on in the NHL? Like, who? What are your favorite storylines from like so far this year? Well. I don't know about storylines, but did you see Matthew Kachuk's goal last night? Oh Ew. my god! We didn't even talk about that with the the Eichel thing, the Kachuk oh, rumor. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, true. Especially because Weeks, Weeks and Adams played together in the NHL, so I think we know who leaked it to uh, Kevin Weeks. 
yeah and like friedman was like on on 32 thoughts like the podcast was like yeah, i don't think adams would leak it but i'm like tree living was pissed and he definitely would have wouldn't have been offering that i think it was a way to get vegas to finally throw in krebs and pull the trigger like okay we're doing uh-huh. this yeah so you know what happened wednesday night mm-hmm. that's when eichel said that like he knew he was gonna go to vegas mm-hmm. so it must have been right after that yeah because the deal was like officially done in the morning so they probably were yeah in agreement that night yeah so the rumor was like matt kachuk and like two firsts like a prospect that was the first and then like two firsts i think it was something like that yeah it was a former first round pick mm-hmm. matthew kachuk a first and a second i think so Which basically insane the, the vegas trade in terms of pieces first yeah, except matt, except except matt kachuk, kachuk is a lot yeah in top. Top. yeah that have been something incredible I, been I was like holy shit like this but you're sending think... me like all caps pull the trigger yeah, but does Cal- Calgary doesn't have anyone that's high as Krebs in my opinion? Do no. they? Coronado, I love maybe. Krebs. Oh, dude, Coronado, Coronado, dude, he's off to like mm. eight, nine points in three games, I think, for Harvard <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Him and I'm a Farrell. Big Coronado. I'm a big Coronado guy. Him and the fourth round pick from Montreal, Farrell. Farrell has yeah, had yeah. like nine points in two games. But I would generally agree with you that they don't have anyone as good as Krebs. Krebs is no. Krebs, Krebs is very, is very good. good. Even though he hasn't produced the NHL like level statistically, it's almost like he's twenty years old. He had a he's like, playing the NHL for the first time. In the, like the third yeah. line, he had a five point game game in preseason. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a really big fan that Buffalo is like we're not going to rush these kids. Like they kept no. Pekaluk in the minors. Me too. Keeping, I feel like that's been a problem. Keeping Paterka. Yeah, exactly. Hundred yeah. percent. And like, like you have guys, they're doing so good together. Yeah, like that's it's almost well, dude, let Jack Quinn just gain all the confidence in the world, then yeah. throw him in. Like when he, he's he ready. reminds me a lot of Skinner, just like he needs that confidence to be a good hockey player. Well, that's a lot of goal scorers. They need to get that puck luck, and then they yeah. get that, that groove going, dude. That's... If Jack, if Jack Quinn works out for you guys, he's gonna be a stud. Like yeah. I watched him play when he played with the sixty sevens, and I think he was it was his, I think it was a sixteen year old season because I was still in Peterborough. And that kid, they came there twice, and he scored two game-winning goals. One was in overtime. The other one was, I mean, it was like an 8-3 win for um, for Ottawa. Ottawa's yeah. insane. Actually, Peterborough was pretty good that year, too, but Ottawa just walked all over Peterborough. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had two game winners, and that kid, I think I think Quinn, in the game, like the game they walked all over Peterborough, he had like four or five points. So it was insane. It was a 16, maybe 17-year-old kid. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, he like if he if he were, if he transfers that to the NHL game, he's gonna be a stud for you guys. Yeah, like watching his Amherst games, he him and Paterka together, they just they know it works. Like with that Bertuzzi goal uh, that he scored the second or the first Bertuzzi goal against the Sabers, they score that probably once a night in Rochester. <laughs> Paterka's in the corner, finds That's awesome in the middle. And... Have you That's been awesome. watching most of Rochester's games? I see like all the highlights that are posted, okay. but probably better to watch. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, bad. Sabers are off to a good start. Uh, Sabers have been, yeah, I don't know. They're the couple of games fun. I've watched, I've been, I've had fun watching them. They're they're fun games. It just depends who's having fun or not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of with the Red Wings too. It's kind of with the Red Wings too. Like they're they're exciting in either way. Like either the other teams having fun or like the Red Wings are having fun. I mean, the Sabers yeah. and the Red Wings now have like the same. They have the same point line now. Yeah, they're both they're both like five hundred now. Yeah. Or no, Sabers Sabers are are over five hundred. Yeah, we're five four and two. Wings are five five and two. 
Oh, you got them red. Wings down. are minus eight though. Sabres are plus two. So that's right. So that's, that's true. Real, real statistic. We've lost a lot of games <laughs> by four. We have. It doesn't yeah. help when you get slapped slapped by Montreal. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, twice. The count is double. Twice. Yeah, not yet twice. And Buffalo's one and zero against Montreal, undefeated. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, is there anything else like Carson? Like, what do you think? Like going on in the NHL? Like, what are your favorite I, things? The going West. On? I the West playoff picture right now, I think, is absolutely incredible. Like the Central: St. Louis, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Pacifics, Edmonton, Calgary, San Jose, Wildcards, Anaheim, Nashville. They have Vegas, Colorado. <laughs> I mean, I mean, throw like Dallas in there. Teams are just on the outside. I was really, I had Dallas pretty high this year. Yeah. And I don't know I mean, if I was overvaluing them, but Rick Bonus coaching an NHL team to me is like a don't this era. know yeah. how to play their players. Like they have so well, much Luke, talent. Luke Glendening at one point was Tyler Second's winner, winger. That's true. I was hoping more out of Vancouver, too. Good for Vancouver. I know, me too. I had Vancouver, like, third in that division. I think the whole Western Conference is a joke, dude. The Eastern Conference is way better. It is. Two teams in the East, which I feel like are undefeated in Pittsburgh and Boston. I feel like they've never lost a game, but they're 500, which I don't know how it works. Yeah, exactly. I think every time Um, I see Pittsburgh's highlights, they're they're blowing teams out and winning. Same thing with Boston. Um. I literally think every team in the Metropolitan would make the playoffs in the Western Division or Western Conference. That honestly probably be true. Agreed. Yeah. Um, especially in like yeah, the Pacific, I, yeah. the Pacific Columbus Division. Especially. Is a joke. Columbus is seven and three. Like I thought. That yeah. Crazy. What? That's a, yeah. I didn't. Even and know. Line, I saw that line A's out for what four weeks? E four to six. Which sucks. That He's been bad. good this year. Cole Sillinger's yeah, been yeah. so fun to watch. As an 18 year old, Chinnikov got his first two points last night to assist. Nice, and he scored too. Didn't he score? No, it was tipped by uh Sillinger. Oh, nice. Okay, that's Chinnikov cool. It was really bad. That's what I, I was gonna bring. I knew they would be bad, but this is like who Chicago. Chicago. Oh, like yes, and uh, that whole situation too, like didn't help anything. And then Colleton no. not being good, and then Mark Andre Fleury being sad. Yeah, Colleton's a bad coach. I think yeah, Ducharme God better be gone. next. Ducharme is bad. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, too strong. Strong is a bad coach. Do you see Caulfield who plays first Laval game? He scored six points. No, he didn't. No, he is minus two. Just <laughs> <laughs> saying, maybe funny. he will get forty. <laughs> um. So to wrap this up, Carson, I want Carson's way too early Stanley Cup prediction. Oh, oh, I love that. Out of the East, I'm gonna take. Oh, I like Carolina. Okay. I think this is their time. I love the game last night between Florida and Carolina. The, I, that, was a, I, that was fun. I thought it could have been a little more fun, but it was a fun game to watch. I, I really want them to do well. Out of the West, I feel like the easy answer is Edmonton, but I just feel like they're just going to shoot themselves in the foot somehow. <laughs> Ken Hollandera. I, I love Vegas sneaking into a wild card and getting everyone back healthy. Ooh, okay. with like three thirty million dollars over the LTIR and <laughs> making the final. Nice. And I just I like again that. Vegas will shoot them. I think every team in the West is going to shoot themselves in the foot at some point. But I, I don't want to take Vegas. I'll, I'll take Vegas actually because going off recent history with the O'Reilly trade, Eichel will win it, win the Smythe, and then <laughs> make Buffalo look really bad. 
Nice. So I think that's how it's going to go. All right. So I think it's going to, I'm not going to give my prediction because I'm on that. I think everyone else is not going to give their, I just wanted yours. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to wrap this up. I hopefully we can have you. I want you back for like whenever the Red Wings play them next time. We can do another yeah. episode like this. I think it's yeah. I had a lot of fun. I think this is the most fun we've had on a podcast. I, I had a good time. Yeah. Besides maybe our like crazy like off season reviews where we like just had like so many high hopes for the Red Wings. Oh, hey, Ra- Clyde, I told you Clyde Raymond 11. sixty points. It's honestly he's on pace for like he's always over. He's over eighty two point now. Thirteen and twelve. Yeah. What, what do we have for uh, Bertuzzi for goals too? Like, I think he's going to surpass that. I said twenty five at the beginning. I of the year. had about twenty five as well. He's going like to rocket this year. Also, we have him missing nine games too. So, like, yeah. Yeah, I think he might yeah, end up with like thirty, but like he's going to miss every, nine games. And he has a win in the rocket. Listen, every time he misses a game, he scores two or three to freaking get a bat. <laughs> so to make up for it. So let's. <laughs> starts off with a four goal game, and then he had what three? Did he had three last night. Yeah, two, two and two. two. Two last. Yeah, two and two. That's right. Yes. Yeah. How about our predictions are going pretty well? Uh, Cider for the Norris, Raymond for the Calder. Yeah. And then <laughs> Bert for the Heart and the Rocket. <laughs> oh, God. And then Dan DeKaiser for the Consmith. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap this up uh, for this uh episode 12 of the production line podcast thank you everyone for listening uh follow us on twitter subscribe to us on apple podcast you know throw a rating up we uh helps with the helps with the charts and uh thank you to carson for coming on thanks, thanks for having carson. me guys thanks, six thousand